I misspoke this morning. I said that Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I was corrected this afternoon. It's Joshua said, as for me and my RV, we will serve the Lord. Anyhow, (laughs) there you go. All right, here we go. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Tonight, we will look at verses 13 through 18. And this is an inclusio. I've used that term before. I use it again. Inclusio is the bookends. And then everything in between the bookends uh, is uh, defined by those bookends. And the bookends for us is the word blessed. You'll see the word blessed in verse 13, and you will see it at the end of verse 18. So that's our bookends, and then everything in between tells us how we can be blessed. So this is how that's going to be laid out. For introduction, uh, the title of the sermon is The Blessed One. But let me give you this in the form of an introduction. So every year when I take my vacation, you know, we go to Arkansas. And uh, in Arkansas, there is a place uh, called Rush, Rush Landing, because the mountain range there is called Rush Mountain. And there's a city there, but it's uh, just wooden buildings and shacks that are about to fall down on the ground, right? And um, so, you, um, will you make sure that guy out there is okay? Thank you. Um, so anyways, it's in the woods and it's hidden and all of that, right? So let me give you a, a little history. So zinc was discovered around 1880 in Arkansas at Rush Mountain there. Well, there was an increased demand at that time for brass and the alloy of copper and zinc during World War War I. Well, why is that? Well, they needed, you know, uh, bullets uh, for their weapons, ammunition. They needed uh, common materials, roofing, water, water tanks, cemetery headstones, paints, and rubber. So this ore there uh, supplied that for them. These established zinc mines at Rush Mountain in Arkansas they profited greatly. Now, that's the 1880s. I know it's really old, but at that time, people were flooding into that area, and it's like, we have struck it rich here. So the original discovery there in 1880, was, it was called the Morning Star Mine, and it became the largest mine operation in that district. Well, there was 10 different mining companies operating 14 mines in that area, And somewhere along the process, ore was found other places, and there was such a supply found that the value continually went down. Well, it was French prospectors from Louisiana who explored that area in the 1800s, and they arrived slowly, and over a period of time, there was an infrastructure built. There's a motel. There's all kinds of things there. And this discovery birthed this town. Well, somewhere in that process, they came up with the idea that what we need to do is build a smelter, and then we can heat this stuff up, and we can extract the silver out of it, and then we'll just be filthy, stinking rich. And so the smelter, the motel's not there, somebody burned it down, but the smelter's still there, 
and it's big, and this guy owned a mine, and so they put all their hopes and dreams in this, and they're going to fire this product, and when they burn it all out, they're going to have silver. So families and people come from everywhere, they invest everything, and there they set up their lives. They basically invested everything to become rich. More of that later. Now, for our text tonight, blessedness and wisdom are inseparably joined. Blessed, happy, blessedness, happiness, same type of word, but wisdom must be attached to it. Uh, They're inseparably joined. You can't be unwise and blessed. They have to go together. In our text, Proverbs 3, verse 13, it says this, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. So we'll take one verse or a couple of verses at a time, in this case, just the one. So we find blessed, as I told you in verse 13, we find blessed in verse 18. Blessedness in our verse is applied in the ESV to the one, the one. Uh, Hebrew, better Hebrew translation would be, blessedness is applied to the man, to any man that is out there on the globe. Blessedness is given to the one, whoever he is, whatever individual it is, who finds wisdom. You find wisdom and you will be blessed. This is what our text says. If you found wisdom, the, the tense here in the Hebrew is such that I found it back here and I presently have it right now. If that's true, then you are blessed. And if you are, your wisdom will cause you to actively do something with your life. I found wisdom I have wisdom, I possess wisdom, and because I do, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to gain understanding. That's what I'm going to do. I found wisdom, and now I'm going to gain understanding. You say, I'm not quite connecting the dots. Okay, let's put it this way. Let's say wisdom could be personified, okay? And it can. Let's say wisdom's personified. What's the greatest personification of wisdom? Christ. I found Christ. I have Christ. I possess Christ. What am I going to do? I'm going to spend the rest of my life growing in my understanding of Christ. I'll give you another one. Let's say wisdom is a written revelation from God. I found wisdom in this book. And so I I possess wisdom, I have wisdom, it's in my very hand. I have it with me wherever I go. It's in my home, it's in my office, it's in the pulpit, I take it with me when when I go in my car or somewhere. I have wisdom, I possess wisdom, and because I have wisdom, I'm spending my whole life gaining understanding of the wisdom that he has given me. I'll give you one more. Let's say wisdom is the marvelous display of the beauty of the local church. God in his infinite wisdom, through the sacrifice of his own son, 
according to the book of Acts, birthed this thing called the local church. And in the local church, there's brothers, there's sisters, there's communion, there's offerings, there's baptism, there's the word preached, there's songs that are sung, there's praise, there's worship. All of these things are very wise to invest your life in. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spend the rest of my life growing in my understanding of the beauty of the wisdom of the local church. Those who find wisdom will, for the rest of their lives, seek to gain understanding. Now, boneheads, I couldn't come up with a different word, boneheads are incapable of being blessed. So if you want a mathematical equation, it's a simple mathematical equation. Wisdom equals blessedness. A plus B equals C. Wisdom equals blessedness. Bonehead math works like this. Worldliness equals blessedness. The bonehead thinks that if I will give my whole self to the world and all she offers, I will be happy. You just have to be a bonehead to believe something like that. So I won't go through it all and I won't press it too hard on any of these things, but you already know all these things. Out there in what we say the world, there are vices and the list is endless. You know the vices, the ones that are always mentioned. There's alcohol, there's media, there's money, there's drugs, there's materialism. There's all these vices. And the world thinks, don't kid yourself, they think that a new vehicle, a new house, a new job, they think that if they get a raise on their job, they'll be happy. If they would just pay me more money, I would be happy. People think like that. If I just got another drink, if I could just win one of these stupid scratch-off tickets, I know I would be happy. People think like that. They live like that. I go to the store, it just breaks my heart. Parents teaching their three-year-olds how to scratch the lotto ticket. They're broke and in debt, and they train their kids in the same stuff they're in. They're boneheads. They're not happy, but yet they think the vices of the world will produce it. Philosophies, they run rampant. You got humanism, self-effort, self-belief. Churches adopting yoga methods of transcendental meditation. I don't know what this nonsense is, but these philosophies will not make you blessed. Science runs amok. Psychotropic drugs. Take these and you'll be happy. Take these, you'll chill out and be calm. They've never healed anybody of anything. Evolution, mental mental counsel, all these things that science wants to offer, but yet, you know and I know, it's not an argument, you and I know, the world is not in a state of blessedness. Bonehead math doesn't work. There are people on the earth that are blessed because they found wisdom and they're growing in their understanding. They're content, they're pleased, they're satisfied, and God has been very gracious to them. I simply ask you tonight, well, let me give you a quote. This is, um, I think he's Presbyterian, I forgot. 
His name's Raymond Ortland Jr. He says this, Wisdom is skill at living well. And listen carefully. Money is not. Money can put food on the table, but wisdom puts laughter at the table. And you can have a buck and go buy a burger, but the other night, we were sitting at our table in my dining room with me and my wife and my daughter, and we sat there and laughed and had time together. We read the Bible together, and we prayed together. We, it was one of the most sweetest times ever, and the prayers that were prayed, i never forget some of the things that were said at that table last night. Only wisdom can put that at the table. Anybody can make a buck and buy a hamburger, but you want laughter and joy. You're going to have to have wisdom to have that. Money can buy a house, but wisdom makes it a home. Money can buy a woman jewelry, but wisdom will win her heart. Wisdom is very important. So the question would be then, have you found true wisdom? You say, yes, then pursue understanding. Do, do you desire, does anybody in the room tonight say, you know what, I just wish I could be happy. I, I want to be blessed. I, I want to live the blessed life. I, I just want to be happy. Great. If that's your answer, then seek to rightly apply the wisdom of God's Word to your life daily. It's the only way to be blessed. It's, it's amazing that when you put God's Word into practice and apply it to your life, I'm telling you, this happens. You can lay down at night with a clean conscience. And you can just sleep. And you can sleep in peace because your conscience is clean before God. It's really a blessed thing to be able to lay down like that at night. I won't belabor it much longer, but I'll tell you, tonight, it's like any other night, there are a lot of people who will lay down tonight tossing and turning in absolute misery. They hate their job, they hate their spouse, they hate their own kids, they hate everything about their life, nothing ever goes their way, and their life is just full of misery and complaint, and they live decades like this. It's sad. See them. You don't see people like this. You need to open your eyes. They're everywhere around us, and they're just absolutely miserable, continually trying to be blessed, but using all the wrong stuff. And then there's other people. You go, you go to other countries, you go to other places, or if you know certain people, it's like they don't have nothing, yet they're the most happy people you've ever met. And you're like, how in the world can you be happy and this is all you have? Wisdom found makes you want to gain understanding. That person, whatever they may have on this earth doesn't matter. They have blessedness because they found true wisdom. Point number one was success. Success is found in finding wisdom and gaining understanding. Now, the superlative, verses 14 and 15. Look at your text, verse 14 and 15. Here's the because. Because, or for, because the gain from her, what you gain from wisdom, is better, more valuable than gain from silver. If I had this much silver, what we have here is greater than silver. Well, what if I had gold? Oh, her profit is better than gold, more valuable than gold. Verse 15, ladies, 
She is more precious than jewels. And nothing you desire can compare with her. There's nothing even comparable to godly wisdom. Nothing. Why should we persist in obtaining understanding? What, what's the motive of the end of verse 13? To continue growing in our understanding. Well, quite simply, it's a repeat. I'm repeating myself. What is gained is better than silver. What is profited is better than gold. Now, back to Rush Mountain in Arkansas. We're going to build a smelter. And we're going to fire this stuff. And we're going to bring out silver. And we're all going to be rich. We moved our families. We sold everything we have. And they start the process. They fire it up. They go through the process. Guess what? There ain't no silver. No silver. They invested everything they had, and they find no silver. The guy who owned the smelter got to the point that he had no food, nothing to eat. He's going to starve. His family's going to starve. And he looks across the way, and a guy has a plate of oysters. I don't know where he got them. He says, I will trade you my smelter, I will trade you my mind, and everything I have if you would just give me your plate of oysters. The guy thought about it, and he said, nope, I won't trade. Everything he had invested in wasn't even worth a plate of oysters. People spend their whole life living for the value of money. It's always right to take a job if you get a raise. It's always right to go to another church if they will pay you more. It's always right if they're going to give you a better position. I don't know. Maybe wisdom is this. What do you love to do? Then you ought to do it for whatever it pays. Be content with the job God gave you, perhaps. Be content that God's blessed you with the ability to do what you do. More money is not the answer to blessedness. So many decisions. I know pastors by the boatloads who've gone from church to church to church to church because they would pay more, because they would give more. Look, if you're in it for the money, you're never going to be blessed. What things compete with the value of wisdom? Well, I don't know. There's a lot. But let me say it this way. Let me just read the Bible And let me put it like the Apostle Paul put it. I don't know a better way to word it. Philippians 3 says this. Philippians 3, comparing wisdom. Philippians 3, 7 through 11. Here's what Paul says. Paul compares this out, and this is what he says. Whatever gain I had when I was a bonehead, whatever gain I got from the world, I counted it all up, and I came to the conclusion That it's all loss in order that I can have the true wisdom, Christ. Indeed, I went further, Paul says, I count everything as loss. Why would you count everything as loss? You're telling me you count as loss every material thing there is? Paul says, yes. Why? Because. This is how Paul says it. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Nothing tops that. I know Christ. And everything else is just 
loss. For his sake, Paul says, I suffer the loss of all things and I count them as nothing but garbage, rubbish. Why? Why would you say that, Paul? For this purpose, that I may gain Christ, that I be found in Christ. I would not have a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. I would have a righteousness that comes from faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him. This is all I want. Paul says, I may know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to share in his sufferings. I want to become like him in his death. By any means possible, just want to attain the resurrection from the dead. Who talks like this? Who, who talks like this on your job? Who talks like this in the world? It's, Walmart is full of trash. Amazon is full of trash. What? What do, you, what do you mean? We found riches at By the Word Baptist Church, and we're blessed. Who talks this way? Is it true? Is it true of you? Are you blessed beyond measure? You say, I don't know. Why not? There's no, de- there's no deficiency in the product, right? I mean, if, if wisdom of all of these things for Solomon and for Paul and for others, why can they not be those for you? Well, people do, you know this, but people do very crazy things. I haven't missed church in I don't know how many decades, but I did not go to church last Sunday. I didn't like it, and I griped about it for sure, but I concluded that the ministry of mercy was important, and to honor my father and mother was important. So I left at 5 a.m. on Sunday morning, and I drove to Tyler, and I got my daddy out of the hospital, put him in the car, took him home, and put him in his chair. Because of that, I didn't get to go to church. But I saw something. We're talking about value. People do crazy things for what they value. It was raining and cold last Sunday morning. Ugly-looking morning. Great weather if you're a duck. And I'm going down Interstate 30, going close to Arlington. And they got this big church over there. It's a big stadium. At 5.30, 5.45 in the morning, three trucks pass me, fully loaded with heaters, barbecue pits, chairs, and all kinds of stuff. In order that they can sit in the parking lot, at 6 in the morning in their spot, fire up their fireplace, cook their food, and spend the whole day honoring their team. But you ask somebody like that to come to Sunday school at 9.30, how in the world could I get out of bed that early? Well, it's according to what you value. But if you value it, there's no end to what you'll do. Hours worked, sacrifices made, monthly payments agreed to, just because I want to own a cell phone. Bonehead stuff goes on all the time. 
We need the value of wisdom to be preeminent in our hearts. Wisdom is the thing that we ought to value. What does Jesus say? Where your treasure is, there your heart also shall be. Matthew 6, 21. Philippians, one more time. In Philippians 3, 12 through 14, Paul says this. Paul said, not only, because I said, if you have wisdom, then you will gain understanding. Paul says, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect. He says, because Paul has wisdom, he says, now I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I don't consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind me, the bonehead world, I forget that, and I'm straining forward to what's ahead of me. Like David, I have always set the Lord before me. I press on toward the goal of the prize. Ah, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is Christianity. This is what Paul shares with us what Solomon is saying to us look out of all the weird things you would do for a football team what you would do for a, a running race what you would do for a shopping spree whatever sacrifices you would make to do something crazy why would you not do everything in order to gain understanding about the wisdom that has been given to you by the revelation of God I'll do whatever I do whatever it takes in order to know what's here, in order that I can apply it to my life. Why? Because I want to be happy. And it's the only way to be happy is to have wisdom as your possession and grow in your understanding. As I told a guy at the store not too long ago, you only have one life to live, so make sure you live for something that has value. Hey, every day's a new day. What are you living for? What's the thing? What's the thing for you? What's the thing for me you sacrifice to obtain? Will, will you, will you pers- persevere to the end, like Paul, in seeking the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus? What are you going to do with the rest of your life, church? Here you are, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, 90. Here we are at the precipice of death and eternity. What are you going to live for tomorrow? When you wake up tomorrow, is, is your whole day just wrapped up in social media? Is it just wrapped up in trying to get a buck where you can pay your cell phone bill? Is it just, what are you going to live for tomorrow? What, what motivates you? What gives you life? Have, do you have wisdom? Would you wake up tomorrow and say, I'm going to understand more of what this wisdom has been revealed to me. And I just want to know how to apply it because I want to be blessed. And the Word of God says that if you find wisdom, you are blessed. Point three and last, verses 16 through 18. Solomon says this, Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. And all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. And those who hold her fast are called blessed. I could say a lot. I'm going to say a little for each part. Wisdom is the source of these following things. Wisdom is the source, number one, of life. Long, full life. Implication, if you do not have wisdom, 
your life will not be full, meaning you won't experience life to the fullness it was intended to be. You say, can you give me an example of what that looks like? Sure. There's a guy in the Bible, and his name is Nabal. Nabal's wife said to David, let not my Lord regard this worthless fellow, Nabal, for his name, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, folly is with him, but I, your servant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. He had a wife, he had money, he had servants, he had influence, but he was a fool, he was a bonehead. You know what he did? <laughs> he thought, I know how to be happy. He went and got himself drunk, and God struck him dead. Not a full life, ended, over and done, because he was a fool. Life to the full is only found with wisdom. Riches and honor, Solomon was the wisest man on earth, the Bible says. He's also the richest. Solomon was even honored by the queen of Sheba. But I would say this to you, the wise Christian we may not be materially wealthy as Solomon. We may not have the things he had, the influence he had. But the wise Christian could say something like this. God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing that is in heaven. Every blessing that heaven contains has been given to me in Christ. Wisdom tells me that. So... And then in another passage, so the honor, the honor is for you who believe. Wisdom's the source of life, the source of riches is an honor. Here's a word that we don't use. Wisdom is the source of pleasantness. Have you ever been described as a pleasant person? You have a pleasant personality? Pleasantness. Satisfaction, enjoyableness, pleasurableness, just some synonyms. Pleasantness is not a word we use to describe people, but should it not describe us as Christians? Those people are very pleasant. Wisdom is the source of peace, peace with God. Peace in your conscience, peace in relationships, and even peace with yourself. Wisdom shows us those things. Jesus said it like this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And he says this, now, not as the world gives do I give to you, because what the world gives is worthless, right? Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He goes on to say, I've said these things to you, that in me you might have peace. Do you have peace? Whoever believes on him, has been, if you've been justified by him, you have peace with God. Wisdom shows us these things. And then wisdom is the source of fruit. This is an interesting thought. Do not these words, talking about fruit, think about these words. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, they sound much more blessed than the words hatred, bitterness, murder, 
anxiety. They sound better, right? Anybody? Yes? No? They sound better? The first set of words are lovely. They're easier. They contain more sweetness. They produce more calmness. And they have far fewer aggravations. Wisdom helps you to be a producer of these types of fruits. For when these fruits are produced, you are blessed. Now I would say to you in closing that wisdom is personified in Christ. As I've already said, wisdom is revealed to you in Scripture. And it's obtained by faith through the disciplined pursuit of what God has revealed. Set your heart to gain wisdom, spare no sacrifice, and do it as the expression of your delight and joy in Christ. I remind you that those at Rush Mountain in Arkansas thought they had struck it rich. They sacrificed their families, their possessions, and their health, many of them died, to separate silver from the ore. The ultimate problem was that what they valued did not even exist, and it wasn't even worth a plate of oysters. I pray that the Holy Spirit would show you the value of wisdom and that you would devote yourself to growing in wisdom. Yeah, it may sound extreme, and maybe you don't need to do this, but there are people, maybe somebody will hear this sermon somewhere. I believe this with all of my heart. If I'm ever in this situation, I think I'll do it. Move your family. Sell everything you have. Do whatever is necessary to put yourself in a healthy local church that believes the truths of Scripture. The church that puts a high value on exalting Christ A church that puts an an emphasis on the exposition of the Word of God. Do whatever it takes. I don't want to belabor it, but my my father is in a a position right now. It's just the circumstances I can't go to. But he's not in a church right now. He's not active in a church because of some situations that happen. And right now, going to surgery and all these things, he doesn't have a pastor. He doesn't have a group of brothers and sisters in Christ that he worships with every week. I told my dad this afternoon, I said this morning at the end of the service, I gave an invitation and I asked people if they wanted to be prayed for their health, they wanted to be prayed for their marriage, they wanted to be prayed for this or that, just to come forward. And my daddy said, son, if I would have been there, I would have run down the aisle to have a pastor pray for me. What value there is in a local church when your life falls apart to have brothers and sisters and to have a pastor that cares for your soul. When that happens, wisdom will cause you to be blessed. You'll run to that. Give up everything. To be in a church like that, unlike those at Rush Mountain, you find the great value of wisdom. You will never seek to trade it for a plate of oysters. You will be blessed for all of eternity. Let's pray.